they treated Romeo Dobbs like he was a COVID-19 virus himself. And they were like, like this was 2020 COVID going on. And that is the COVID virus going through. Stay away from him. Don't catch that shit. Let him run. I mean, it's unbelievable how bad that defense fell apart. And even, even after the first half, there was no adjustment made to go back to the man defense. And I don't know if this was Quinn making the decisions or if, you know, either way, McCarthy signed off on it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I think that there, and Quinn's got so much stock put in him right now after that, after that defensive season with the Cowboys and, and being a head coach next year. And, this I mean, takes – it's got to take a lot of stock away because this just shows what you do in pressure situations. You just completely rewrote the playbook and fucked everything up. All About the Balls Podcast. With Mark Davis, Chris Kameinhart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc. It's Tuesday, January 16, 2024. This is All About the Balls Podcast. I'm Mark Davis and my brand new sack house, finally in the house, no longer the hotel. But more importantly, I'm joined alongside the wonderful Chris Meinhart, the always wonderful Nick the Doc Skirkwins. And for a second consecutive episode, a fantastic and wonderful Alan Tomasello. But before we do this, boys, before we recap the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, Chris, how was your weekend? It was pretty good. I mean, uh, three days home with the children, stuck in the house because the roads were terrible. Uh, it took a lot out of me. But, hey, we we survived five days. Yeah. You were stuck in five days, Doc? That shit Friday, Yeah, Friday was a family day, holiday Monday, and then they closed down the base today because of, of the snow. Uh, we were we were off Friday, but the daycares were still open. So you know we dropped yeah, those kids off. Not for off. us. Yeah. <laughs> not for us. They were like, fuck you, dude. You, yeah. You're keeping them little rascals. No, family we, means family day. That means you hang out with your family then. Yeah. Yeah, we dropped the kids off, and then me and the wife went and saw Iron Claw. Great movie, oh. by the way, boys. Great movie. I Speaking of movies, I, re- I recommend it to you guys. Anyone but you with Glenn Powell and Sidney Sweeney. It's a rated R chick flick, and I will tell you, it is phenomenal. It's really a good movie. Who? Sidney Sweeney. She's a fucking goddess, boys. He spent a lot of time in in Washington State, okay? I will say, she is from, from, she's actually from the city I was living. You do see a little bit of nipple, just throwing it out there, Mm -hmm. teaser out there. If you like Sidney Sweeney, she's your girl. And Glenn Powell, but... Just if saying. you want to see some nipple, just watch the first season of Shameless. All right, you get all the titty you want to oh, see. Oh gosh, yeah, you no, do. you're just watching Euphoria, dude. Yeah, Euphoria, Euphoria is fucking That's definitely up there. Every episode. But Chris, Pete Carmichael got fired too. So congrats on that. Got half yeah. your wish. But Doc, how was, your, how was your weekend, Doc? I know we're gonna talk about it, Chris. We talk about coaches, but Doc, how was your weekend? Tiring, man. Tiring. Uh, letting them, you know, Emily's doing uh, most of the stuff with the baby, so I'm trying to let some of that off of her and taking care of Sienna. But uh, yeah, like I said, five days with Sienna at home, and it's tough. It's tough. But hopefully so she's yeah. Hopefully she's going back to school tomorrow. I got to get some work done in the morning. We got to go to Costco. But uh, other than that, man, no, it was a good. It was a good. I mean, honestly, it's hard to say enjoy the four-day weekend because I'm off for three months, you know, so. That's true. Alan, though, uh, I know that you lost your NFC championship prediction that you've had since week 16 of the season. I felt like it's gone farther since than that. Week you also lost your Super Bowl prediction. So how are you doing? Hey, you know what? It was a fantastic weekend, man. I uh, got up every morning, went to the gym. Sunday was an off day. 
still hit it a little bit. So, you know, living life, it's a good, it's a good life. You know, football is football. It happens. You know, you make some, you, you lose some, it's okay. Um, I had a big one on uh, the, the two that I got wrong were really bad. All right. They, they were my big ones. Okay. But I, I did go four and two this weekend. Okay. I think I missed yeah. three. Oh, well, I missed three, but my Super Bowl teams are still alive. So I'll, I'll sacrifice a little. Yeah. I like how those so. dudes out here. They're like, yeah, no, you missed your, your prediction that you had since 15 minutes ago. It's a tough break for you, but. <laughs> well, I mean, he's been saying Rams Cowboys for like the last month and a half, it seems like. So. Hey, I predicted uh, specifically wh- how the NFC was going to end up in the playoffs. I, I had it down to who was going to play who and how it was going to uh, end up playing out. I just, uh, you know, put all my I put all my chips in the Cowboys. I'll never do that again. All right? Yeah, you and the rest of America except for Dallas fans, you know, you you're going to learn like everybody else. I actually I fucked up today cuz I wholeheartedly meant to tune into Philly Sports Talk to listen to the downfall of the Eagles and oh my god, I was so excited for it and then I woke up and snow and had to take the kiddo outside and just it got away from me. Well, let's let's talk about it, boys. We're talking Dallas. We're talking Philly. That's probably arguably the biggest storyline from this weekend. Yes, we only had one good game, and that was the Lions-Rams. We'll talk about that. And the rest of the five are horrible, but that means good storylines as well, good topics to talk about, and that is worth the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Both of them had high hopes coming in the season. The Cowboys won the division. Eagles have been falling off, and they have lost the, the, the uh, locker room. I will admit I'm wrong on that. I think Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni will be fired. So that's the question, boys. What's next for the Cowboys and the Eagles? What should they do, and what do we expect is going to happen? Hey, listen, I've been on the Eagles' downfall for a couple of for a couple of weeks now. Um, I, I called it earlier in the year. Even ten and one, Eagles are frauds. I mean, me, me and Jake, um, we we've been on that for a while, and it just ended up proving itself uh, throughout the throughout the season, uh, especially as we came down to the end of the season. Uh, I, I think. Sirianni definitely lost the locker room, but it's more than that. It's it's more than that. It's the team itself. Um, they've given up on each other. Um, even even you know shouting out uh, the the Kelsey's podcast, they had to stop recording and record another day because Travis Kelsey what got under Jason Kelsey's skin, and it was so bad. He was so upset that they had to stop recording and start the next day. Um, that's I mean, how, even Lane, Lane Johnson just called out the there's gonna be changes too. Just yeah. yesterday. I mean that's that's how divided that locker room is, and we're just we're now hearing about it because it's over, right? During the season, they're gonna keep that packed in and tight, but we're now gonna hear about all this stuff. Jason Kelsey's already retired. Um, I, I definitely think that they they have to move on. Um, going to Matt Patricia because he has a pencil in his ear is the stupidest decision I've ever seen a head coach make uh, in the, at the end of a season. I mean, we, it saw, was literally... we saw in Detroit for three years, yeah. or two years, whatever it was. Well, remember he gets that credit cause he was with bill, even though we realized that it was mainly bill's defense. It was... yeah, we, we, we thought yeah. that was the reason when he went to fucking Detroit and he couldn't make anything happen in Detroit. And I'm not talking about like, you know, he was dealt a shitty hand. I mean, he was dealt a shitty hand, but the dude got literally nothing done and had nothing to say at the podium after the game. Just had <clears throat> excuses and the same old it's on me bullshit every single week. Never actually made any changes. But, I mean, th- the thing for me with the Eagles and, you know, them giving up on each other, I mean, 
you got to find out where that really stemmed from. And I think that this is a team that came in 10-1 and one and was just way too cocky and expected to be handed the reins, found a little bit of turbulence in the schedule, had a hard time recovering from it. They kind of went in like, oh, we should be favorites, we should win, and didn't really put in all the work for it. I mean, it, it's embarrassing, honestly. This is a team – I don't think the Eagles are frauds. I don't think the Eagles are frauds. Their defense stepped up in a tremendous way for – the majority, the vast majority of the season. Uh, the offense is still electric. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, looked like a quarterback for the first time in his career over running the ball. Um, the tush push still worked. I don't think that they're frauds. I think that they just need to figure out where they went wrong and, and how to fix it. Well, and I think Sirianni might be tush, that issue. The tush push does not work anymore. Yeah, they got, it failed yesterday. The Bucks stopped it twice this year. But I think what Chris said, I think what Chris said all along, is, is correct, and we saw it happen with Doug Peterson when Frank Wright left. I'm not saying Frank Wright was a good coach in Indy, but he was good with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. The problem was you lost both coordinators. When they both got hired, Arizona and Indianapolis, it changed. We saw what Shane Steichen has been doing. I understand it was only a small sample size. Anthony Richardson was looking decent in the few little plays that he got. Unfortunately, got hurt. We don't know what the season would have been with uh, his rookie year. But losing both your coordinators, that changes everything. The The styles seem like 100%. they changed. The, pl- the chemistry players changed. Yeah, I feel like what Chris said, he, he nailed it. I feel like that's the biggest part, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's a big hurdle for any team to overcome, even if you have talent. But, I mean, like we've said, like I think the locker room was lost. The coaches just – we already hit Matt Patricia. I mean, he hasn't done shit since he's been with the Patriots. So, I mean – The first time. The first yeah, he was time. there. Yeah, he came back. But AJ Brown, mm-hmm. like those rumors that he's like he's been part of the cancer in the locker room. Like, is he gone after this? After he just got a contract with them. So, like, I mean, Howie Roseman has not been patient uh, with these coaches. Chip Kelly, you had uh, Doug Pearson, who won a Super Bowl. So, like, that, that's telling you he only lost a couple years after a Super Bowl win. The only one he had patience with was Andy Reid because he was a hot name. He was like literally the, one of the biggest coaches in the NFL. So it was hard to just give up on him so quick, but. He has not been patient. Howie Roseman has not been a patient man with these uh, coaches lately. Yeah, I, I question the Eagles' uh, longevity here, too. I mean, you just paid $255 million to Jalen Hurts <laughs> to be a guy that when they, when all of the other pieces aren't working, right, and if you're on the field, you're the best player on the field. That's what you paid him to be. And – Against the Cardinals at home, they dropped that game when Jalen Hurts is supposed to be the best player on the field. And he, they're supposed to win that game. And he got outplayed by Kyler Murray. Um, it, the last game against the Giants, I mean, the, you're supposed to win that game. But everybody went into this into that game thinking, yeah, Eagles are going to drop this game. And then they, they dropped it. And then we went into the postseason and everybody's like, well, maybe the Eagles can actually pull it around, all right? They're going up against the Bucks. It's Baker Mayfield, right? And guess what? He got outplayed again, and he was not the best player. You paid him $255 million. It hasn't even kicked in yet. So once that kicks in, all of these guys that are showing up to win a championship are no longer going to be there. They're going to have to make cuts, and they're not going to have all of these this, this supporting cast. Jalen Hurts has got to step up. It's they've got to get a uh, a coach that can get the best out of him. Well, I think another issue, too, was the over game management all season long. I mean, this is a team that took 12 minute drives, which works 
you know, when you needed to, especially with big leads late in the game. But when you get down into the fourth quarter and you're down two scores and you're taking eight, 10, 12 minutes on a drive, I mean, you've got to find a way to move the ball down the field quicker. The defense stepped up in a lot of times to get that ball back and and shut down, you know, the opposing offense. But when you're taking all the time that's left on the clock for one drive and then relying on an onside kick, that's not going to work. I mean, you're not going to win a football game. Yeah, I mean, I, I would dispute that, though. That defense was just horrendous. <laughs> oh, they were, I mean, yeah, they were horrendous. Giving up everything. I mean, the, the only defense that was worse than the Eagles defense was the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs defense. I don't know. I would put I would put Browns up there, too. <laughs> well, the Brown, well, they had Browns all said they gave up uh, two pick sixes. So, let's, remember, two of those touchdowns were from the offense that uh, gave up touchdowns. But – no, I mean, something's got to give because th- this fan base, they control the city. It's not like any other 31 other franchises. The city of Philadelphia, the fans dictate literally what happens. When when they're chanting or when they're, like, chanting for someone to be gone, it's about to happen. It's bound to be happening. And like Doc said, the sports radio shows, he didn't listen to it, but I've been keeping an eye on it. They have been for calling for this guy's job. They've been calling for it for a while now. And I, with these names out there, you have Bill Belichick, you have Mike Vrabel, Jim Harbaugh is probably going to be a Charger or a Michigan Wolverine, but you have two hot commodities there. Do they want to bring in Ben Johnson? That's a guy that can maybe get Jalen Hurts back on track. There's three names right there, a young head coach and two experienced coaches – or two, I'm sorry, young offensive coordinator, two head coaches that are right there in the, the making for them. So something's got to give, and I don't think Sirianni's that guy. And, and guess what? People were calling it in his fucking press conference. He was a cornball from the start. It's not just now. They were calling for it three years ago when, they, when he took his introduction, and he looked like an idiot. It's just now showing. I think, I, I think Urban Meyer would do great in that locker room. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, listen, no, but it's very Hot similar take. to like Hot Mike take. McDaniels. Keep that receipt, Davis. Keep it's similar receipt. to Mike McDaniels, though. Like, Mike McDaniels is, is cool as a nerd until he's not the smartest guy anymore. I mean, I hate, I hate, I hate, I, I told you, Alan, you have not heard it. I hate Mike McDaniels. I hate. I like McDaniels in the headset. I think he's funny, like when he's talking to Tua, saying like, oh, "Okay, go Georgia." That stuff's funny. But when he tries, really, like, he's a tryhard in the fucking media, and it's not—it doesn't seem natural to me. It seems like he's trying to be like he's not authentic. He's fucking just fake. He's fake. He funny, like and he's, like, he's a clown about anything but the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, he, he's an idiot. I, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not. A, I'm not. I think Mike McDaniels is smart. He's good on the, playing calls, but or call playing, but. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not. The guy is like. I, you need to keep him off the mic, talking to the media. Just like he's like the the Trump of football. Like great leader, you just got to yeah. keep him from talking. No, to he, he sa- no, no. He sounds as dumb as George Bush talked. Like that. He sounds like as illiterate as George Bush. But the, that was the, the all son. of the same things we were saying about Sirianni. The media was saying about Sirianni when he first took over, and he got to the Super Bowl. That kind of quieted it, right? But here we are again, and he just kind of looks like an idiot. That's well, why he's got to go because this is a Super Bowl contending team. Oh, yeah, it is. And someone's they, have do the it. they have the talent. All the talent in the world. And speaking of – let's do the counterpart, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> is Mike McCarthy gone? Because unlike the Eagles, Jerry Jones shows – he shows patience. Jason Garrett had a long, lengthy uh, career. Bill Parcells had four seasons. Chad Gailey was the – or I think it was Chad Gailey whatever. He was the only guy that didn't really have a long term in this recent modern era. Uh is Mike McCarthy going to get another year? I mean, I don't think Jerry wants to pay him out of pocket and then pay another court or coach. So Mike McCarthy is a questionable name too right now. It, I, something something drastic needs to happen because to switch up your defensive scheme 
in the playoffs against what has been working all season long. I mean, dude, I think that, like, they treated Romeo Dobbs like he was a COVID-19 virus himself. And they were like, like this was 2020 COVID going on, and that is the COVID virus going through. Stay away from him. Don't catch that shit. Let him run. I mean, it's unbelievable how bad that defense fell apart. And even, even after the first half, there was no adjustment made to go back to the man defense. And I don't know if this was Quinn making the decisions or if, you know, it, either way, McCarthy signed off on it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I think that they're – and Quinn's got so much stock put in him right now after that after that defensive season with the Cowboys and and being a head coach next year. And this I mean, takes – it's got to take a lot of stock away because this just show what you do in pressure situations. You just completely rewrote the playbook and fucked everything up. And then I'm going to say what Greg Olson was saying all game long – Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. I don't know what's going on between them, but they just did not have a connection all game long. I, I love Dan Quinn. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I, he got old. He's a player coach, but he did change the defense the last few years in Tan, or Dallas. But the problem with Dallas is, and this is why we're going to talk about the more impressive game between Love and Stroud, but I think the, the Cowboys' defense is if they can't hit the quarterback or they can't get turnovers, they're an overrated <laughs> defense. They are a shell of a defense. They are not a good defense at all. They are very soft. They can't just stop them. They, they have to get turnovers or uh, sacks. They can't just make a three-down stop, and that's it. They are overrated, and it showed. Jordan Love ate them apart. I, I th- I, when we had our arguments. I think it's a lot more than just the defense. The coaching was bad. I think offensively they were bad. I think the whole team was just a shit show. Of, they just couldn't get momentum team. going early on offense. Well, the, the Packers are smart. They took the ball first. They said, you guys are front runners, and we're going to fucking put the, the points up first, make you chase us, and then Dak didn't deliver. It wasn't just Dak. The receivers had drops. Dak also was off on some throws. The running game was just Dak was off on a lot of throws. Yeah. Well, listen, cool. listen. I, I'm a Dak believer. I've always been on Dak, but he made four egregious mistakes in that first half. That he got lucky on the last pass. That was the the penalty. They still had a chance to score, but he threw it. Uh, it th- he threw it underneath. And it, it, it should have been into the end zone. That was one of them. He threw the pick six. He threw a horrible pick earlier in the game. Um, and and he just – he made these four mistakes, huge mistakes. And you can't make those if you're going to be the guy. It's the same argument that we're having with Jalen Hurts. It's the same thing that I said earlier about Jalen Hurts. You're getting paid to be the difference maker when all the things aren't going your way. And you have to step up. I am so upset with how it ended up because I looked at that team and saw all of the talent in the world. Yes, I blame the coaching. Yes, I blame the defense because I don't give two shits about what the offense is doing. If they can't get it together in the first half, you could still – they still shouldn't have went down in the in the second half. It shouldn't have been 27-7. to seven. It should have, at the very least, with that defense, it should have been, at the very least, 10-7 to seven with that I mean, defense. Was, I mean, it was – Yeah, but it was, saying it was 27, and then Dak throws a – or, I'm sorry, it was 20-0, and then Dak throws a pick six, the 64-yard interception. That I mean, saying, saying that you're the guy that gets paid to go out there and be the difference maker, though, I mean, across sports, that's – that's FanDuel for owners. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could say the same about Bryce Harper when he pulled a $330 million contract and then went out and batted like 250 his first year in the contract. You know what I'm saying? I mean, saying that a guy is paid, yeah, obviously he's paid to go out and, and, and make those tough plays and get your team deep. But 
any sport is not a one one player team except for the the Bulls in the nineties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. yeah. But the the NFL, the quarterback position is the one position, and that's why it holds so much power in <laughs> sports, especially the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Obviously, they always get all the pressure. But the the one reason why we believe with as horrible as an offense that the Chiefs have, the one reason we believe that they have a chance to go into Buffalo and win is because they have Patrick Mahomes. It's the one thing that separates every team. And when you have that quarterback, well, they I mean, make this, up the difference. It's a little more – this year it's a little more than just Mahomes. Yes, I will say no, in the past – when the, I do. I this, agree. This, this, this Chiefs defense is – and that's gonna, that's one top point we're going to talk is how well, this, this defense is. This but was just vintage Dak is yeah. what we saw this, this well, week. Vintage playoff Dak, yeah. but like, Vintage that's Dak my in thing. general, come on. That's my thing is like – I get it. He threw 400 yards. That's fucking nice and dandy. You did it when the team was playing off coverage, and they're saying, hey, let's let you run the clock on yourselves, and we'll give you these yards. We'll give you 100-something yards in this, the fucking fourth quarter. He was trash. I mean, it's not just him. I said the whole – all 53 players and all the coaches, they get the same amount of credit and the same amount of blame. You praise him when he does good. I shit on him when he does bad. I want the same energy from – not just you, from all the Dak fanboys out there. He sucked. Tony Pollard sucked. CeeDee Lamb sucked. Jake Ferguson was the only one that seemed like he played hard out there, in my opinion. And the whole fucking See, defense. Lamb let a couple go through his bed. hands, too, that he should Yeah, have. yeah, he did. I'll give him that. He did. The defense was horrible. Michael Parsons, <laughs> he shit the bed. He was a ghost out there. Don't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even see him. That's one thing that I always – that I always hate hearing from announcers is like, oh, that was a little longer thrown right there. He's got to make a better throw. Like, no, the, the wide receiver's a professional, too. He's got to make that catch. That one that went right through was a little high, but like any receiver, you jump up and catch. We've seen it a dozen times every game. CD should have gone up. He should have come down with that ball. That that was not a Dak mistake. He, even if he put it better, I mean, I'm convinced that ball's still going through CD. But, listen, but just hey, like Philly, I, I think just like Philly, though, I think – I'm sorry. Listen, I think no, no, there's one guy here that is not getting enough blame. It's Jerry Jones. Listen, he's too fucking involved in the team, all right? And he never gets any of the blame when the team plays bad or when the coach doesn't perform properly. He doesn't get the team ready to go. Where is Jerry Jones' accountability in this situation? Yes, he can be upset and he can fire whoever he wants to fire, but when is he going to take accountability? Well, he never will. Well, that's he, the answer. No, he, he, he has. He, he has. Right. He said, no, he, he said if he could fire himself as a GM, he would, but he doesn't trust somebody else over himself to run a GM spot. <laughs> He, that's he, why. He said, yeah, he that, said that, that's a that's a bullshit. They say I would fire myself. I don't trust nobody else. Exactly. You wouldn't fire yourself then. You wouldn't fire yourself then. You would, you would hire somebody that could do the fucking job. But Jerry he needs to call my mind right now. That's what, that's what crossed my mind about the zone defense. Like, was Jerry the one that called it? Because every bit of me was like, when they showed Jones in the press box, uh, when he turned around after I think the twenty seventh point. When he turned around and looked at everybody in the press box and was like, what the fuck is going on? And halftime was coming up. And I'm like, this dude is going down to the locker room and, like, put the fucking defense back to where it was. But the fact that they didn't is like, was this a Jones call? Was Jones like, hey, guys, I know that this has been working. All right, but we them boys. Let's go to zone. (laughs) But, no, I mean, if if Jerry wants to win – I think you got a clean house with the coaching staff. I, I obviously they have a lot of free agency. We've seen that uh, players out there. It's rinse and no, 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 no. He's been too loyal to coaches. He gives them too long of a, a, of a leash. He needs to go call Bill, and then both can combine as as player personnel management together. Let them both do it together as a, as a cooperative unit, 
and let Bill run the team and let Bill get a good offense coordinator. Let your officer run the defense, and we know how a good defense always does. And let Bill does what he does. I think Bill fits better in Dallas than he does Philly. I know that's your take. Have him go to Philly. He fits better in Dallas because of the the fan base. In my opinion. Well, and I agree. Quick, I agree because I think Philly's going to lose a lot of pieces this year. I think uh, you've got Jason Kelsey already retired, right? He already announced yep. retirement. Yeah. Yep. And then yeah, I think you're going to lose uh, Fletcher Cox on defense. I mean, you're going to lose a lot of fucking pieces. I think across the board, and then the, you know the AJ Brown issues that may that may be a problem. Uh, I think that I think there's a lot of changes. I don't think DeAndre Swift is going to have much of a future in in Philly because uh, he was either one touch or forty touches every game. Yeah. So and what is Jalen Hurts without AJ Brown? I mean, we have. I mean. Though the last time they didn't have AJ Brown was the 2021 season, they did get to the playoffs. They they were a wild card team and they got they beat beat by Tom Brady and the Bucks. Ironically, the last time they didn't have AJ Brown, the last time they had AJ Brown this time they lost to Tampa Bay and the Bucks. This time it was Baker Mayfield. So I mean, yeah, it's but I I still think it was more Shane Steichen adding AJ Brown. It was kind of like Josh Allen getting Stephon Diggs. It helped evolve him. But I'm telling you right now, I think if you take Stephon Diggs off the, the Bills, I think Josh Allen still performs at a high level. I think he's learned how to play the quarterback position a lot better. I haven't seen that from Jalen Hurts yet. Yeah, I think that's the natural progression of quarterbacks. I mean, you you get to the point where you need that that guy to take you over the top, that, that wide receiver to take you over the top. But then eventually, just like uh, Mahomes, you start to develop the other guys. And you start to see the field better. You start to see progressions better. And then they, they develop So. But boys, I want to hit something real quick, and I, I I've been waiting for this. I'm gonna go bold prediction here. I'm changing my Super Bowl prediction. Oh, I'll, I'll leave it for the show because what we did. But if you ask me right now, the Detroit Lions are going to the Super Bowl. They you are on the Rams last week. Didn't you take the Rams? No, I didn't know Sam Laporta was gonna play. Didn't you I take the Rams though? Didn't you take the, the Rams though? If the Iowa Farm Boy was playing, I would have picked the Lions. If I knew it. I wasn't sold he was going to play, but was the line on he played. Game? The Lions are favored like three and a half, I believe. But no, the no, Detroit the Lions line won. The he, they were optimistic he was going to play, but when I made the prediction, I was going off. I didn't see that report until after the show. But All right, I'll look it up. If I, I'll look if it I would up. have known that, I would have picked the Detroit Lions. I, you know how I feel about Sam Laporta. I'm, I'm, I'm high on him. Three, I'm free for three. fantasy for a couple weeks. Oh, no. Three he's Three catches, fourteen yards, a touchdown. Thank you, Chris knows. Yeah, also, what, Chris oh, knows what's the line. What was his line? He, I'm sorry, Chris, but he had Chris knows what First play of the game, so three catches. Tough. So you're telling me, so you were high on the Rams. So you were high on the Rams. Listen to this. No, no, listen to me. God damn it! All right, he did more than no, listen to me. So this is you were high on the Rams, and then you didn't know Laporta was going to play, and his three oh, yeah, catches, fourteen yards, turned it the fuck around. I'm, now I'm, the Lions are now the Lions are going to the Super Bowl. How about the Sit down, dude. Sit down, dude. He did. How about the first play of the game? First the play of the button? game. This is around the horn. Where's the mute button? Since, since you didn't watch the game, you obviously didn't see this. First play of the game, they ran a fucking misdirection at Sam Laporta on Laporta swinging around, showing that he's just fine enough, and he fucking set the tone with his nasty-ass block, got a 12, 13-yard carry, Dave Montgomery, and the rest was history with the offense. They were fucking high-rolling the first half. Laporta was blocking fucking DNs all fucking game. He might have caught a lot of passes, but he set the tone with the running game. That's just doing that. Now he's going to get a little healthier and healthier each fucking week. And when they play the Bucks this week, he's, he's going to have a pretty decent game. I'm telling you right now, six, seven catches, for about 80, 90 yards, and a touchdown is what he's going to have this week. He's going to go off. Now, that's not just why I put a pick the that's just That's adding fuel to the fire. 
they're a hot team. They're dangerous. I'm telling you, they are dangerous boys. Yeah, they were so hot when they lost to the Bears a couple weeks ago. So hey, listen, hot. the one when thing you're forgetting, the one thing you're forgetting is uh, that they have to play against the 49ers if in the Niners, San Francisco. If the Niners somehow don't get upset. Remember, you said 20 days is not a long time for a quarterback not playing. You said that it, a few weeks is. ago. So it is, it is a long time for a quarterback not to play. But guess what? They have 12 Pro Bowls on the team. They got the best team all around. This guy, they're built specifically the perfect way for how teams need to be built, which is you get a quarterback in their in their rookie contract built around all of the guys, and you just throw the ball. I, I'm not a Brock Party guy. I don't even think that. But they still have the best team. And now Jared Goff, who does not play well outside, has to go play outside. Well, he doesn't play well well in cold conditions outside. He's decent and good weather. It's not going to be cold in San Francisco when they play. If they play, I, now we'll see. We'll outside see what happens they- is the difference. When you look at his stats, it's not the cold weather. They don't pull up the, the under 40 degrees. He's not Tua. He's in a dome. Jared Goff looks like freaking Tom Brady. When, when he was slinging it to Randy Moss. And then outside of a dome, Jared Goff looks like Jared Goff that got let go by Sean McVay. So let's talk about how hot the Lions are because the Lions are on fire, right? That's what Mark said. <laughs> Lions are on fire, okay? Uh, so beat the Rams, who I think have one of the better offenses in the league. So I'll give them that, even though it was by one. Uh, final game of the season, the week before, they beat the Vikings, who played their roster basically on a coin flip. Let's be real. They didn't even know, like, quarterback was, like, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Um, lost to the Cowboys on Dan Campbell's outstanding play call numerous times in that game going forward on fourth down. Well, Don't interrupt I mean, me. Come on. Don't interrupt me. Well, you're the rest of the narrative. Okay, Luke. Beat the Vikings. Stretch the narrative. Bad fucking let me finish. That last let, me, let me fucking finish before you jump in. Beat the Vikings on another coin toss. Uh, at quarterback, I mean, whether Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall, uh, I mean, I think they were actually trying to get Cousins out there even with the injury. Uh, I think they were still trying to make that happen. Shit on the Broncos. Uh, that hasn't happened all year, so good for the Lions. Nobody shit on the Broncos this year by 50 points. Um, Loss to the Bears. Weren't the by, Broncos by on a 14. big winning streak? What's the point in the middle of the season? <clears throat> Probably. Weren't they on a streak? Yeah, they, they won like six out of seven or five out of six. Loss to the Bears by 15. The week before that, so yeah, no, dude, the Lions are on fire. They're hot. They're they're winning the Super Bowl, dude. Just crown them now. Crown them now. Don't I'm even play off the Super playoffs, Bowl. dude. Listen, I just don't want to see Eminem on my fucking screen every ten seconds. Okay, I'm tired of it. This man hey, was on national Swift. television hey, begging Matthew Stafford. It's, it's better than Taylor Swift. He's a loyal fucking Lions fan. At least oh, we're seeing a Lions fan. Uh, you know, a fucking uh, Travis Kelsey fan out there. At least we're He's seeing changing. loyalty. He's changing his fucking Super Bowl prediction because who else he got? He's, he hasn't been high on the Niners all year. He I've never been high on the Niners. Niners. Yes, have I you? have. Have you? Yeah, I the, actually, I had the Niners. But then the other option well, is the Packers. I had the Niners in the NFC Championship. And the before we did, when we did our predictions, I had the Niners versus Eagles in the NFC Championship when we did our original predictions. And I had the Niners as the, as the two seed in the, in the whole NFC. Well, that was a start. I thought, oh, yeah. you, I thought you were. I thought you fell off them as the season. I, I, I went think on. the Niners are the best team in the NFL. I really do. I Not just think the bottom. I think they are. I think. The, I think the Lions are just going to pull it upset. Now that's going to change based on this week. This is just me living high on the moment. But 
I had the Niners in the Super Bowl winning it when we did our Super Bowl predictions coming into the playoffs. Don't tell me I'm not high on the Niners. I had them winning the whole the Super Bowl with Fred Warner as my MVP. Well, again, so, yeah, that was, I, that was the start of the season. And they, no, that was starting the playoffs. Starting okay. the playoffs, I had Niners Bills, just like you did, but I had different MVP. So don't say that I have not shit the Niners. I said that when they got Chase Young, they oh, were unstoppable. I take it back. I take it back. And I, I was saying corrected. I, yeah. So I, I like I've been I've been high on the Lions all year too. That's that has not you changed. Have. I, no, no, you I've have. Been the, I had the Lions as a, I had the Lions as a four seed coming. But don't in tell four. me the Lions have been on fire. I'll, I'll I'll roll that back. I'll roll that back a little bit. <laughs> Listen, I mean, are the Lions going to win next week? Yes. I, I yes. mean, that is even it's a, gonna tough be a close game one because yeah, it's going to be a close one. Especially when you look at when you look at betting stats, when you look at teams that got blown out before play a second time in the season, they usually come back with some fire. And you're gonna Baker Mayfield, like he could have had 400 yards and five touchdowns against the Eagles. Yes, the Eagles had the worst defense going into the playoffs. I said that before the playoffs started. But those that those guys dropped passes. K. Dotton dropped a touchdown. Mike Evans dropped a touchdown. They dropped three. Mike Evans dropped three passes in that game. K. Dotton dropped two. They were dropping passes left and right. And yes, that goes counterproductive to my argument to the Lions. But guess what? If they go into that game and they they catch those passes, and Baker Mayfield shows up, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I haven't, I'm not making a prediction on the game yet. I'm not going to say they're yes, going to win. Yeah, Thursday. But, yeah. but the question is, is Rashad White going to get going? Because it, that, the Lions stopped the run. So that's, that's the, they're good. Now, they'll give a lot of passing yards. They've been, but don't break defense for the most part. But they stopped the run. Rashad White has to open the box and open the door for Baker Mayfield, especially with these rubs injury and ankle. He's not going to be 100%. If Aiden Hutchinson and the boys can get to them like they were getting near Stafford, this, they are beating up on Stafford. It's going to be a long day for Baker Mayfield. Now, we're going to talk about that Thursday, but I'm telling you right now, I think the Lions are a dangerous team. I think they're a team to watch out for. They're not, they're not fucking around. I get it. The Niners are the Niners. I mean, it's that would be a tough task for anybody to beat them in San Francisco. It's, it's a tough task. It really is. I think Detroit's defense is also going to be able to tackle in the first try, unlike the Eagles that missed every tackle known to man. That's, that's big, too. I mean, the Eagles missed every fucking tackle. Like Chris said, no, literally, it was literally every initial tackle was broken. They benched, they benched Bradbury, and then they realized the guy behind him was just as bad, so they had to put Bradbury back in the game, and he was still missing tackles. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. I mean, it was just I don't know. Like, I'm a dick ride for the Lions this year. I've been waiting for it for a while, and it's just good to see. I think it's good for the NFL, and I'm really, I think it's it's great for the city of Detroit with the shit they have to deal with with the Pistons. And the fucking Detroit Tigers, so it's good for the city of Detroit. It, it really is, and I, I like I like new. I like seeing some of these teams that have had mediocrity most of my I life do, actually doing Detroit. good. Well, yeah, because they're in your division. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm just so tired of the crybaby shit. Uh, it's just uh, the Detroit Lions. They finally won a game in 32 years. This 98 year old man, he's finally saw a playoff win. <laughs> I don't that's care. Stick holder. That's, so, that's so cute. That's so cute that this 98-year-old man finally saw a playoff win in 32 years because uh, when the Cubs were at like 116 years, uh, they had yeah. like some 101-year-old lady. Like, Let's talk about a real streak, all right? Let's talk about the baseball <laughs> team up north exactly. in Chicago. Okay, exactly. you 32 years ain't a fucking pimple on the Cubs' ass, okay? Yeah, Yeah, but the Lions being 0-16, then they get Stafford, and 
he had I mean he had a I thought he had a great run, obviously not a lot of wins there, but for the with the lines were that was good. And then to let to trade him and then a few years later now you hear shot. So I, I, I kind of feel Stafford like Stafford got his. I don't care. I, I kind of feel like this was their Super Bowl and next week can be a still I I'm not making a prediction yet, but I'm just I think this I think this week will be Super Bowl part two and then they'll play the Niners or right. the Packers. But yeah, let's move on, boys. CJ Stroud, Jordan Love. What an impressive debut in the playoffs for both quarterbacks. Literally identical stats, 16 of 21. Uh, They're two yards apart, both had three touchdowns. Who was the more shocking debut of these two? I think both of them were pretty shocking. I mean, both Dallas and Brown's defense complete 180 of what we expected them to do. I mean, CJ came out strong, and I think that was a big reason Joe Flacco – through the two pick sixes, I mean, that completely got the Browns out of what they wanted to do in the game plan. I'm sure they wanted to dominate the run and keep it on the ground, and that quickly changed when C.J. Stroud was just fucking dropping bombs. And I don't know who number zero is on the Browns, but he probably should find a new job this next season because there were so many blown coverages, and the person around it was number zero on the Browns. I, know, I want to say that, that neither were a surprise, but both kind of were because – both teams are working with uh, lesser-known receiving cores, and, and, you know, obviously now they have some weapons, but at the start of the season, nobody was looking at them like they had weapons. Uh, Packers set records across the board for rookie and second-year receivers and yards, touchdowns, catches, snaps. I mean, you name it, they did it. Um, but I want to say neither are surprised because both of them, you know, have been balling out all year. Jordan Love has been, honestly – the last, what, eight, ten games has been an MVP candidate, uh, which I never wanted to admit, uh, you know, as a Bears fan. But uh, the guy's been lights out in Green Bay. He's been doing incredible things. Uh, and C.J. Stroud, I mean, we've, we've seen C.J. Stroud since week one, what he's been able to do. What did he have, 4,500 passing yards this year? Uh, so, so, listen, last ten games of the season, all right, last ten games, Jordan Love, 111.3 passer rating, 2,700 yards passing, 23 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Jordan Love has been the best quarterback in the league for the last 10 weeks. I, I pulled the That's stats why I say neither are all the rest of the guys. I think that one is probably not surprising. Uh, I think that's why when we talk about the Dallas and Green Bay game at first, the focus is on Dallas because Dallas shit the bed. Right, completely nothing to take away from Jordan Love, but we we know see. this guy, right? We know we've seen what he's been doing the last 10, 10 weeks. Um, more surprising this week, I think the the CJ Stroud. When you look at the guys that they're missing, the the guys that went down, you know, Tank Dell out for season, and then Noah Brown went out too. He's got Nico Collins, and what is he doing? Throwing seventy five yard touchdown passes. Yeah, like, Nico Collins and Bond. This, this yeah, guy yeah. took the league by storm, obviously. But then you saw a little bit. He hit a wall in the middle of the season. Then he got the concussion. He was out for two games. Um, and, and then kind of came back up. And and for them to come out, that's why we went into the game with question marks because it's the Browns. But really, when you looked at the Browns' defense, um, I kind of mentioned it on the on the last pod, but when you look at the Browns' defense over the last uh, – you know, their home road splits their their defense does, doesn't travel well and then we talked about you know some of the defensive players for the texans you know 
Uh, I did switch my pick in the middle, uh, you know, right before the game. I switched it. I went to the Texans in the uh, in the bracket. I felt good about that one. On pod, I said Browns. Yes, uh, you got me there. But uh, one thing I want to do real quick I, on, on the board behind me, go. I got I got three players listed. Stats. I can't of- play. I can't play because we did. Me and you did pre-show because I was bored. But yeah, Chris and Doc yeah. can do this one. All right, listen. I, I don't know if you guys can read it. You, you got it. Let I me cannot. know. All right, so I'm going to go first player, all right? Player one, 15 games, 4,108 yards passing, 23 touchdowns, five interceptions, 63.9% completion, um, 167 yards rushing, and three touchdowns, uh, three rushing touchdowns, all right? Second player, 17 games, 4,159 yards passing, 32 touchdowns, 11, 11 interceptions, uh, 64.2% completion, 247 yards rushing, and four touchdowns. And then the player three, Lamar – oh, I just gave it up. <laughs> I, already, I was, I was going to say three is Lamar. I, I mean, everybody no shit, I was going to say three is Lamar. 800, 821 yards And one is, one is uh, Stroud, right? Yeah, one, one is Stroud. God damn you, Doc. Like – Look at these guys, and this is where I want to take this. I, this is what I've been feeling. I think C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love are better quarterbacks than Lamar Jackson already. <clears throat> dude, I, and that dude, I, listen, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Uh, you know when when the MVP episode, or you know, I don't know. We're we're gonna talk about stats and stuff down the road because the fact that Lamar. I don't want to say that he shouldn't be in the conversation, but at the same time, the fact that Lamar is even in the fucking conversation is mind-blowing to me. All right. There are so many quarterbacks ahead of him across the board, either on the numbers alone, on more categories of the numbers. Uh, what, because the fucking Ravens got the number one seed? Congratulations. Well, it's they, they, it's, it's their they defense. It's their defense. Lamar, Lamar manhandled the Niners, the Dolphins, and the, C- and the Lions, I mean. Yeah, that's, I think that that's, it's, that's big parts of it. I think that really for Lamar, it's all about narrative. The only reason why he wins it is because of narrative. The when he got hot, when he played big, um, and he had those big games. But the one thing I want to touch on here is we look at these these teams: C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, uh, Tank Dell, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, um, Pierce, and Singletary in the backfield. That's his supporting cast. That's his skill players, right? And they didn't have a line last year. Um, Jordan Love, Reed, Jaden Reed, nobody saw this guy coming. Romeo Dobbs, who's the eternal just B player on your team. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, Musgrave, Jones, and Dylan. We thought they were going to be a run-heavy and, team. And, and they Watson, who barely plays. He's hurt and, all the time. Oh, yeah. Christian Watson, hamstring injury after hamstring injury. And then you look at Lamar Jackson. He's got OBJ, Flowers, Bateman. Andrews, and then likely, don't tell me that Andrews wasn't a big deal, because like, and, and then likely came in and played just as good as Andrews, right? I mean, he was every damn game in fantasy, he was getting two touchdowns when after uh, Mark Andrews went out, um, and they had Gus Bus. They had the injuries with the running backs, but guess what? Their number one running back is Lamar Jackson, but they still had Gus Bus and Hill, and they went out and they got guys. Listen, and then Keaton the, Mitchell so, fucking went off. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I would say that I would say that I trust Stroud. 
when healthy. I mean, I don't. I, I'm not a big OBJ guy. I mean, I, I think he's he's lost it. I like Zay Flowers, obviously Mark Andrews, unlikely. The running backs are they're replaceable. I mean, they could put anybody in the backfield, in my opinion. Look, but I'm not saying the guy is dog shit, but I'm all I'm saying is that they were like, hey, do you want Lamar Jackson under center or Chris Gemeinhart? I'm taking my boy Chris. All right. Oh, I've seen him throw the ball. He can sling the rock. But hey. Doc, I wonder. I wonder why something real quick, Doc. I because I, I missed it. Me and Riz talked. You know, he's a Vikings fan. I feel bad for you and Riz. And Riz said the same thing. I feel bad for Bears fans and and Vikings fans because they have to deal with another fifteen plus years of another generational quarterback. We we moved off from Brett Favre. They get Aaron Rodgers. They move off from Aaron Rodgers, and they have Jordan Love. I'm sorry, man. Like I, I really feel bad for the YouTube franchises. I think the Lions and Dan Campbell will get it right, but I feel bad for you guys. I really do. Listen, this is this is something that I've expected uh, since last season. We knew this day was coming. Um, this was a rinse and repeat for why or how Rodgers was so successful, right? They brought in Rodgers. He sat behind Favre for, what, three years? One of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history for three years. What did they do? They went out and drafted Love. What did he do? Sat behind one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history for three years. You know, I mean, they did it right. They did what they're supposed to do. They didn't bring a guy out here to sit eight games behind Mike fucking Glennon, okay? They didn't bring a guy in here to start day one with a rookie head coach and try to figure it out, all right? They did it right. The Bears have not figured out how to do that yet. Uh, We'll see what happens this year Um, because I think regardless, you still pick up the fifth-year option on fields and let them go and hopefully, you know, get a rookie quarterback that can learn the playbook and and get some kind of like what what Patrick Mahomes did. He he sat one year, you know what I mean, and coming into the last game of the season. So great quarterback sit, you know what I'm saying? And that's what the Bears need to figure out. But I am going to be pessimistic because uh, fuck the Packers, you know, and I want to say this is one good year by love, and they're going to suck next year, and fuck Jordan Love. He's going to suck next year. But, you know (laughs) – I, I expected this. I, as a Bears fan, I will tell you, and I know me and Riz talked about it, and I talked all the shit about Jordan Love in the beginning of the season. And there was a slow start the first couple of games. Uh, you know, you talked about a wall. You know, CJ Stroud hitting the wall in the middle of the year. Jordan Love hit a wall after his first game of the season for like four straight games. You know what I'm saying? Before he opened it back up or started opening it back up. So, you know, I as a Bears fan, it hurts to say this, but I saw this coming. I expected it. I saw it coming. I, I think I even said on an earlier show in the preseason uh, or maybe even before we started recording, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Love came out and balled out and became the next great thing because he sat behind a great quarterback who sat behind a great quarterback. Yeah, it's just it's just unfitting. But I mean, I, I just wanted to throw that before we change this conversation of Stroud and, and Love. You know, I expected yeah. it, though. That's so really just one it. real quick thing, all right? Aaron Rodgers left this team. They had no players, right? That's why he left. He had to go to a team that had the had the supporting cast to be able to 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 make it to the playoffs. So he couldn't do it with these guys. And Jordan Love is balling with these no, guys. That's, sounds like it that's came not out the nowhere. full story. That's not the well, full story. Well, it sounds like another number 12 that we know that left a team that was verge, maybe not making the playoffs next following year and then won a Super Bowl. The first year he left. I'm not going to say any names who that number 12 is. You can probably fill that in, but it's happened. It's, I mean, when you think that's when not you get the older. full story with Rodgers, though. Rodgers, this has been something that's been developing since they, since even before they drafted Jordan, Jordan Love. 
No, it was. Yeah. No, I think when they drafted Jordan Love, that's what that's what it that's, was. They, that's, that's what brought that's it all. Good. That's what brought it. Yeah, that's what brought it all to the surface. But it's been a long issue even before that because it started with the fact that they didn't bring him into the conversation. But he never felt like he was a uh, long term investment for the team. You know what I'm saying? And this is something that's been boiling for for several years. And he signed that three year deal for like 150 million dollars. You know, and he had to finish that out so he can get paid. So he finished out his contract. He gave Green Bay all the opportunities. You know what I mean? And Green Bay has, has been playing with a better defense than they have the last couple of years. Um, the the receivers, while, you know, not first string across the board, are still better than the aging core that they've had the last couple of years, minus Devontae Adams. So, you know, he made it happen with Devontae. The guy, you can't look and say he couldn't get it done because the guy, he had, what, two interceptions the one year when he won MVP again? He was like 30-something yeah, yeah. touchdowns, two interceptions. The guy's been lights out. There's no debate about that. But Well, he just didn't deliver in the playoff games is when it, once it, that's well, when it we're matters. See, yeah, and we're going to see winning a, winning a wild card game while, yeah, that's more than, than fucking, what, 20, 24 other teams win. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you got to get further than that. So we're going to see what really happens. And it's his first year, so nobody's going to shit on him too hard for, you know, if he loses next week. Yeah, but um, listen, this I I don't think I don't think Rogers. I'm not going to give him shit for not being able to make it happen, having to leave and go to a, a supporting cast. I that that was a move that's been in the in the making for three years. Yeah, I I think that the inevitability of what you were feeling as a Chicago Bears fan, um, and and knowing that Jordan Love was going to just come out and, and, and do great things because you're a Bears fan and you know that the Packers do this, is the same thing that's going to happen next week is that we know that the Packers go to the Niners and get owned. And Jordan Love is just going to be the next in the in the cog on that wheel because th- all of the things that happened last week were aberrations. They were all exceptions to the rule because the Cowboys shit the bed so bad. That defense is not a good defense. It just gave Baker Mayfield a perfect passer rating in Lambeau in December. When do you see that? And they're going to go to the Niners. They're going to get blown up. I don't care how many days your quarterback stays. He could be sick. We'll we'll talk about. We'll talk about them Thursday. That's that's the episode. We'll start previewing these four games. But boys, I have two teams. We we got a hammer because they're going to play each other Thursday. I can't wait for this preview. But is the Kansas City Chiefs? Are they just there and no one's really going to think about them getting back to the Super Bowl? Are they good enough still with this good defense and Mahomes doing Mahomes thing, breaking fucking helmets out there? He looks like Iron Man. He literally looked like Iron Man out there. Are the Chiefs being slept on? No, I don't. I mean, I think I think the defense is definitely going to help them out, but for a team to not be able to score on the Dolphins, who pretty much limped in there, like no defensive players – and not to be able to score several times is definitely going to hurt them because the Bills are going to score. Yeah. End of story. Four field goals. I mean, well, I mean, it was 2017 the last time they played in Arrowhead. I mean, it's in, uh, it's going to be in Buffalo this time, but still, like, I expect Completely that kind of game to be close. But I don't know they didn't, yes. they didn't play. They didn't play an elite defense, and Mahomes is 23 of 41 for 260 yards and one score. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sold on that performance. But, if they, but like Alan said earlier, if the defense can keep them alive, which is what they did against Buffalo the first time, and that's when the run for the Bills started, by the way, was against the Chiefs after the bye week when they were 6-6. Six and six. It started with Kansas City. 
can they I'm not that's not the preview, we're not gonna preview the game, but can the defense keep them in the game? Can Mahomes still do Mahomes things? Travis Kelsey showed a little bit of life. Wasn't as typical like big games, but seven for seventy one, had a couple drops, but you know, Rice is about there playing good. And we see Pacheco run his fucking little heart out. Like he's a he's a goddamn train. So Yeah, I just I just if there's anything I've learned about Mahomes, it is that Mahomes can make magic happen at the defense and keep him in the game. We've seen it time in and time out, especially against the Bills. This this rivalry that they've created between these two teams. Uh Mahomes absolutely has the magic to make it happen. But again, 23 of 41 doesn't tell me that they got a lead on the Dolphins and let off the gas. You know what I'm saying? That's there was a lot of miscues and a lot of I, I did not I, yeah, I was not able to watch too much of this game. Um so I can't comment too much about what went wrong, but when you just look Fuck at the peacock. numbers, 23. Listen, there's huh? just penalties. Fuck Peacock. <laughs> yeah, Peacock. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But Patrick Mahomes, 23 or 41 against a Dolphins defense that is not elite by any means. Uh, there, there's some worries there, but this is the same thing that we've seen from the Chiefs the last couple of weeks. A lot of drop passes. Uh a couple of Aaron throws, you know, just the offense is not clicking. Kelsey's not getting involved. Uh, and it's kind of that, you know, is Kelsey really giving it everything that he's got? Because when you see him line up and you see him move up the field, it kind of looks like he's taking a little something off. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm not seeing like the grinding Kelsey like I'm used to seeing. He's not he's not playing well, we're, like we're seeing, up is, in the we're seeing that Kelsey is not catching passes. He's catching he's dropping passes that are so many years in the making of him just they're automatic catches and he's dropping them. Um I don't know if it's a, the fact that he's not dialed in. I think he's dialed in. It's the playoffs. I I just think he's kind of lost it. I, he's the same age as Gronk and Gronk is on Fox. Right now, you know, call him pregame, and he's retired, living a good life. He won more Super Bowls, so he's he's enjoying life, right? Well, by we've one, we've been kind I mean, of regressing all year. Yeah, yeah I mean, but, we, we still got. I I, I think what's going to happen is there's going to be something after the season where they said Travis Kelsey was playing with an injury we didn't know about. I have that feeling. Yeah. He got happen. injured in the first game. Yeah. He got injured, especially in the first if game. they lose. Well, especially if they lose. But, but that's been swept under the rug now, like where that injury has been quiet. They're gonna say it was like it was re it was reaggravated and we, he, no one said a word and it, you know how that works. it happens I, all the time I, it happens with someone. Listen, I, th- I think he retires along with his brother. I think that they've got way too much success outside of football. He doesn't need it anymore, and I think he retires along with them. He sees his body. He sees all these other guys. Listen again, Gronk is on Fox. I'm not trying to do the comparison there. I, this Chiefs team, though, just specifically this Chiefs team, I don't think they have the firepower on offense to keep up with the bills. I think that, you know, we're not getting into the bills game, but your question is, can the chiefs do the chiefs have enough to make it to the super bowl? Can their defense carry them? Their defense is yeah, good. They, they certainly can. They certainly can. Patrick Mahomes has shown that he can throw to the fucking hot dog guy from the, from the section two twelve and still get a touchdown. He's averaging like 26 different receivers a game. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the guy. He just throws the ball up. Somebody's coming down with it. You know what but I'm saying? They the defense got lucky last week. They went up against a defense that had 36-year-olds coming off of a couch because they the Dolphins had no left. Apple. Right? Like it, it, there was just nobody on that defense. They've all been injured. And they went up against those guys and still only scored two touchdowns. I'm not saying they should have scored 40 points. 
I'm just saying, four field goals in that game. Yes, you you were in control the whole game, but guess what? Your guys were still making mistakes. You still had those dumb penalties. All those things that are supposed to get worked out during the regular season, they're still making those mistakes. The offensive line, the most penalized right tackle in the entire league, still getting called for dumb plays. It's happening across the board. And the only reason why Mahomes didn't get evaluated for a concussion is because he's Mahomes. I'm just going to say that right there as soon as that helmet cracked. Listen, listen, listen. I am not saying... The Chiefs are going to win. I'm not saying anybody's going to win. Obviously, every single game, certain things have to happen, like not getting over-penalized, you know, catching the easy balls, uh, you know, making the stops on defense, everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm not arguing that. I am just – you asked, you know, do they have what it takes to go all the way? Yeah, because they've done it before. They had less weapons last year. Oh, well, no. Come on, dude. Juju, 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 Juju is not – come on. Juju was solid, and Travis Kelsey was a lot, a lot better than he better was this year. Than he was this year. Juju's better. I agree. Juju's better than any receiver. Well, yeah, right no, no, no. I, I think Rice. I think Rice at this moment is better than Juju was. But I'm not going to say. Uh, I'm not going to say though. I'm not going to say though that they had a fucking studded cast. Kel, uh, Kelsey was pretty much their only true weapon on offense last year. Even Pacheco wasn't getting utilized like he is this year. I mean, I think I think last year's was better because Kelsey was a lot better, and Juju was a solid receiver for what they needed him to be. Rice is Ness now stepping up the last like month and a half, and Travis. We see what Travis doing, but are the Bills? I mean, I guess I guess the question's been answered. I guess the Bills are still dangerous. We're not really worried about Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills team at, at all. I'm I mean, just I, saying I, the Chiefs can can still go the distance. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I think they can. I mean, obviously, I don't. I don't. I mean. I think they can, but I don't think they will because I have Buffalo in the Super Bowl. But I wanted to get I, – I, we'll, we'll skip the Buffalo talk because we already, we already know how we feel about them. I, I want to get Allen's take. I wish, boys, we would have had this live on Thursday. It came up Friday fucking morning. The New England Patriots fired or parted ways with a coach. And within 24 hours, they had a coach, and that's Jared Mayo, linebacker's coach, pretty great linebacker with the Patriots, won a Super Bowl too with them as well. How do we feel about the Patriots making the move, bringing in – or, sorry, upgrading Jared Mayo to head coach when Mike Vrabel was available? Uh, Patriots are going to be shit next year. And that's why I think the Bears make their trade for the first overall pick to the Patriots, get their number three and a first pick next year, and maybe, you know, another player in a second rounder to go with it. And then uh, we'll take their, their number one and have the number one overall for the third year in a row next year. And then we take Marvin Harrison with that pick as one and two are both going quarterback. Yeah, I mean, just with, with the amount of coaches' names that are out there, I mean, I know that it's not cream of the crop coaches right now, but there had to have been somebody better out there that Kraft wanted. Well, I mean, it was in the contract, yeah. though. I mean, they, they they skipped the whole Rooney rule uh, process they had, like most teams have to do, because they built it in the contract that Bill leaves that they can just hire uh, within who they, the system who they wanted to, and it was Mayo. I mean – so I mean the Rooney Rule didn't have to work. They they did hire a minority coach. As as the They're resident Patriots fan here, all right. I'm I'm trying to dial myself in as much as possible to what's happening here. Nope. Um they they got a lot of things going on. Bill Belichick held so much power in that organization for so many years. And the rumors that are coming out right now is that they're not going to hire a GM that this was built and designed to go in a way where um 
Jonathan Kraft takes over, pretty much runs and takes the, the power of the, the organization. Jared Mayo was put in that contract. There was a rift between Mayo and Belichick this year because of that contract. Um, I think that the Patriots decided this was their play and this was what they were going to do right away. Um, and I do think that there is some benefit to that. I, Yes, Mike Vrabel would have made like a great coach for us. I think I said that when when the news first broke. Anybody else would have. But but I also think that Jared Mayo is a uh, is a leader of men. From the moment that he joined the Patriots, he was always a standout player. Um, he was an All Pro. He's a pro uh, multiple uh, season Pro Bowler. When he wasn't injured, he was the best player on our defense. This is a fact. Uh, and and I think that in general. When you look at the landscape of coaching right now, if you don't have a guru nerd offensive guy, you get that linebacker. Look at D'Amico Ryans. Look at Mike Vrabel. You've you've got these linebackers across the league that are taking these head coaching jobs. Um, Antonio Pierce with the Raiders. You got these head coaches now that are that were former linebackers, and I think the the Patriots understood that they built it into the contract. I, I'm. I'm actually not as disappointed as I originally was once I started looking into it. My big problem here is looking into his connections. As a head coach, you go through all the motions throughout your entire career. You build these connections. It's about networking, right? And then once you get that head coaching job, you call the guys that you know. You call your good guys. You're like, hey, you want to be my offensive coordinator? You want to be my defensive coordinator? You put these things together, right? And without a GM... And without ever having a head coaching job in the NFL, Jared Mayo doesn't have those connections. So who are we going to hire to be that offensive coordinator? That's where my mindset is at. And I think that there's a couple of good names out there. I think there's some um, th- there's some surprise candidates out there. I, I think we definitely are letting Bill O'Brien go. Um, I don't think it's going to be Mike. Um, I-, I don't think that it's going to be Josh McDaniels. Uh, I think he goes with Bill Belichick. So I think that it's going to be some of these other guys that we've known in the past. But that is where the focus is. And, and yes, it's going to be a rebuilding year next year. It's going to be a big step big leap to try to come back but i think trading for the number one overall and getting caleb williams isn't a bad isn't a bad misstep i think that that shows that you're willing to give this guy a couple of years to develop and that's what they do i mean obviously looking at it today or when it first happened obviously vrabel's the experienced coach so everyone's like okay they shit the bed. They didn't go get Rabel. But let's see what happens in three years. You mentioned D'Amico Ryans, former linebacker, played with the Texans. He comes back to his team. They're in the playoffs. I'm not saying that Jared Mayo is going to take the Patriots to the playoffs in 2024. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I want to see three years from now. Like, give him the Dan Campbell treatment. Yeah. Let Dan Campbell went three. He went three twelve and one his first year, whatever it was. And look where they're at now. They're in the NFC Divisional round. Not saying Jared Mayo is going to do that, but you have to let these guys develop. It's like college. You can't expect him to win year one. Nick Saban didn't do that year one in Alabama. He went seven and six, but they took some of his wins away. But seven and six, when said all said and done, became a legend. I'm not like I said. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you gotta let these guys progress. Let them develop. Give them a chance. You have to give them a little bit of a leash and not fucking bring them in after year one and fire them. So let's see what happens. Well, three I'm years not gonna lie. I haven't. I haven't looked too much into this guy. What's his play calling or coordinator experience? 
well, he, not, he hasn't so, had no, any. No, actually, I did, I did look into this. So over the last three to four years, he's actually been splitting the play calling for the, for, for the Patriots defense with Bill Belichick and uh, Steve Belichick. In, in multiple instances, he has either play, uh, done the play calling or he has been an assistant to the play calling, even as the linebackers coach. So uh, he, not to say that he doesn't have any experience. He does have experience with it. It's just not at the level that we're accustomed to when you talk about how crazy, uh, you know, how standard a offensive and defensive coordinator is in the NFL. But then when you look at the Patriots over the last couple of years, they didn't even have an offensive coordinator. We had a defensive coordinator as an offensive. We had two defensive coordinators working together to be a de- offensive coordinator with, with the Patriots last year. I, I just... I think it's a rough move. I think it's well. Well, well it's a three years from now. We can't. I mean, I don't like it. Now, I yeah. think. I think he's a. I think he's a scapegoat for what's coming for New England. And hey, give this guy a shot because if it works out, great. Y'all look like geniuses. If not, once you have the team, then you get a guy like Vrabel. Well, Vrabel will probably be a coach somewhere else by then. I, I don't a think guy he, like Vrabel. Yeah. If, you, if you're okay, ready to like go in three years, you know what I mean? Because you're gonna have draft picks coming up. That's true. No, I mean. What's going to set him up for success, just like D'Amico Ryan's is set up, is who are they going to bring around him? And they have to absolutely crush the draft like Houston did this past year. They've got to trade they up to, to that number one pick. They have to. Yeah. Doc well, Houston, trade up. Houston benefited, though, Chris, like you mentioned, the draft. But they had – Houston got lucky. Well, not lucky. They had two draft picks in the first round. Then they traded that, that 12th pick up to three and got Will Anderson – which was your rookie of the year, and it probably will be the rookie of the year for defense. But the Patriots don't have two first rounders, so like they have to stick their guns, get the quarterback they want this year, and then hopefully they kill the rest of the Listen, draft. And that's something that the I, Patriots haven't I think, done. I think a really low key play that the Patriots are going to make here uh, with the upheaval in Seattle. I think that the Patriots are going to go out. They're going to get guys that were in the Patriots organization before, but not in the pa- Belichick coaching uh, tree they're gonna go out Shane Waldron is a name for offensive coordinator um, who has been the offensive coordinator the last three years with the Seattle Seahawks he had uh, Geno Smith's crazy year last year they had a really good offensive scheme they, they ran it very well um, I think he's a good I think too. he's a good guy to bring in and uh, be that offensive coordinator if you go out and get a young quarterback. And I think that we draft that quarterback in the first round. I I love the idea of trading with Chicago. You know, it's not a bad idea. Trade that three and more. Go up, get that number one, get Caleb Williams, and get you an offensive coordinator. Get you an offensive coordinator and build around the young team that we – because we always had old guys, and now it's time to move on to that new generation. You guys aren't sorry, going Chris. Caleb Williams, though. You guys are going Drake May. Hey. Chris, I'm sorry. It wasn't you that had Will Anderson. It was Doc and Luke that had Will Anderson. So they, they probably got that right. They're probably going to be defensive rookie of the year. Who did? Uh, I Texans. Did? You had Christian Gonzalez. Uh, well, he unfortunately yeah. got hurt, but he was playing hey, good. Christian, but he was he playing was good. Playing but Christian Gonzalez hurt. was on his way, I think. I think he was on his way to win it. Oh, yeah. Oh, he would have easily got it. He was I, I, I think he, it, could, it could have been Will Anderson still. That would probably have been an argument of its own. I mean, we don't know. Will Anderson balled out this year, yeah. but unfortunately we don't know. But, boys, great episode. Didn't talk about Buffalo Bills, a little tear in my heart because I, apparently I'm a Josh Allen dick rider. Shout out to you, Luke. I mean, I, I am. I, mean, I, I am. He's got the most wins in the 2018 draft class for quarterback, so fuck it. Uh, his best quarterback in that draft class. I don't give a shit about MVPs, but – 
no, great episode. Really, boys. Uh, Alan, it was good to have you here for our football talk. We're going to get you some football talk during the basketball episode. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be strictly basketball, but it's going to be mainly basketball. Oh, yeah. But I want to hear your and Jake's opinion. So, Doc, great to hear you. Man, fucking great, dude. You killed it today. You did. I try, man. I try. Chris, I you got some notes I took down too, buddy. I, I wrote down some notes for all three of you guys. That Some good clips out there. Jared Goff had some good my, ones. You wrote my Urban Meyer note down? <laughs> oh, no, no. For, for, you, I wrote, for, for you, I wrote down, um, actually, let me see. I, I wrote down, you said something about uh, see this round, Jordan Love. I forgot exactly what you said, but you wrote, I wrote um, it down. You wrote so. it down. Okay, so you should know exactly what I said. Oh, I wrote, I just knew when we talk about see this round, Jordan Love, just to make sure, possibly clip it. It could be one of the clips, so. No, uh, no, we all had some good stuff to say today. It was, uh, like I said, bad games produced some good storylines. It, it really did. Um, also, Jim Harbaugh met with the Falcons. Just want to throw that out there. We've met with Bill and Jim Harbaugh. So, is there any team more desperate than the Falcons to get a head coach? Like, well, I think the pro- well, I think we, I think we are outside. Actually, out of all the candidates, I, I mean, Seattle could be interesting because they, I, if they get a quarterback, they're interesting, but. I think and this is maybe being biased. I think we're we're one of the better teams that are that he's a coach. I, I, all the teams that are there, we're a team that can get a coach and still get a couple pieces and a quarterback, and we can compete. Not saying we're going to win the Super Bowl, but compete and have a shot like the Texans did. Get get in the playoffs and make some noise. You never know. But I think we're a coach and a quarterback away and potential piece or two here on offense and defense. So we'll see. But, boys, like I said, can't wait to do this again Thursday when we preview – the divisional round, we have fucking four, or I'm sorry, you have four amazing games Saturday and Sunday that we will, we will preview in uh, basketball talk tomorrow, boys. This is all about the Boss Podcast. I'm Mark Davis. That's Chris Kamahart. That's Nick the Doc Circles. That's Alan Tomasella. Check us out on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. All about the Boss Podcast, and we are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Boss Podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Sack House.